0: I just, like many of you, I want to make sense of this storm. It's my first hurricane, and uh, I hope they're not all like that. Um, <laughs> but this was my first one. And ever since it happened, I've been wondering, like, does a city bounce back from this? And everybody's like, most people's answer is, like, yeah, we'll bounce back. And Houston's strong and all that stuff. And what I really want to know is, how does a how does an event like that change us? Will this change us forever? And there's two responses. Usually you've got your optimistic people, yeah, it'll change us forever. And we're always going to be different. And your cynics are like, nah, we're going to be hating each other again tomorrow. You know, that kind of stuff. And, and I heard both angles. But will we come back and be exactly the same? I got to tell you, I hope not. I hope we're not going to come back and be exactly the same. I hope that in most ways we bounce back. But I hope in some other really important ways we allow this storm to change us to wash away some stuff that needed to be washed away and to change us so that the better angels we've seen this week aren't just momentary, temporary, but that we're truly changed from the inside out. I've had this um, story on my mind all week. I just wanted to share it with you all. Um, it's a story I read um, 10 years ago probably, from uh, about this doctor named Paul Brand. Dr. Brand in the 60s and 70s studied leprosy when no one else would study leprosy. Because it was so taboo and just kind of other third world stuff, and, and so modern scientists weren't really studying leprosy. It's the oldest disease on human record, you know, and, and we've always kind of quarantined people with leprosy. What we've always thought about leprosy is that it is highly contagious. And so we send people with leprosy away. You don't want to touch someone with leprosy because they'll pass you whatever flesh-eating disease they have. That's what we've thought about leprosy. What Dr. Paul Brand discovered back in the 60s and 70s. Is that leprosy isn't a flesh-eating bacterial disease that you can get from somebody. Leprosy is a condition that numbs you. Leprosy is a condition that numbs your extremities. And the reason people with leprosy look like their skin's rotting off sometimes is because they can't feel their extremities. And often these people live in destitute conditions where there's bacteria and things. And if you can't feel an open wound, if you don't know you've hurt yourself You don't know anything's wrong before you know it. You've touched some stuff you shouldn't touch with an open wound and then your hand's rotten off. The the infection takes root. The infection takes hold. That's what Dr. Brand realized about leprosy. It's not some horrible flesh-eating bacterial thing. It's just the loss of feeling. It's the inability to feel pain. This is what he said. uh, This is a quote from his that that I love. He says, previously, I thought of pain as a blemish of creation. God's one great mistake. But now pain stands out as an extraordinary feat of engineering, valuable beyond measure. What Dr. Brand is saying is that if you're numb, you can't feel pain. If you can't feel pain, how do you know anything's wrong? How do you know anything needs to change? How do you know anyone? Is hurting. How do you know you're hurting? If all you ever do is avoid pain, buy your way out of pain, look away from pain, seal yourself in an inner loop bubble away from pain, medicate pain. If all you ever do is run away from pain, how do you really know and come to terms with the fact that something's wrong around you or within you and address that? He's saying, pain. You thought it was a curse, but it's a blessing. You thought it was darkness, but it's light. You thought it was something else. It was a gift all along. That's what Dr. Brand discovered about leprosy. Now, Jesus discovered this long before Dr. Brand, but we just forgot that Jesus said any of this stuff because we don't like to hurt, we don't like to feel, especially, I gotta say, we Houstonians, we really like convenience and comfort to some degree. And that that attachment to convenience and comfort, I hope, is part of... The stuff that never changes, that never changes back to the way it was before. I hope Harvey washed that away from us forever. But whenever you don't know that you are hurting or that you, your city is hurting, what are you missing? Jesus said that pain is a blessing. Now, I don't want you to hear me saying that God gives you your pain, that God sent us this storm. Please do not hear me saying God sent Houston this storm to teach us a lesson. That is not what I believe at all. But I do believe that God has things for us to learn in the midst of a storm like this. I do believe there are things we can learn from pain, things that we would not have learned if we were just numb. Jesus says you're blessed. You know, Matthew 5, go home and read Matthew 5. He says you're blessed in Matthew 5. And Some of your Bibles might be soaking wet. That's why God gave you your iPhone. Just open your iPhone and open your iPhone app and read the Bible on your iPhone. And and read Matthew 5, where Jesus says, you're blessed. Don't read it like we read it at church. For some reason we say, blessed are the blessed are. Like, blessed is not even a word in English. So, you're blessed, Jesus says, blessed are you. Essentially he says, when you lose it all. Blessed are you when you are poor. Blessed are you when you are broken. Blessed are you when the storm washes it all away. Jesus says, it's then that you're blessed. I gotta be honest. I caught myself a couple times this week, answering people's questions about how we did in the flood. Are y'all dry? Did y'all stay dry? And the the water came within like 18 inches of our garage. And I would say something like, I'm blessed. We're dry. I'm blessed. Which is, when you think about it, kind of a disturbing way of looking at people who didn't fare so well. If I'm blessed because I'm dry, they must be cursed because they're not. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says you're blessed when hardship comes your way. You're blessed when it hurts. It hurts. The pain can be a blessing in disguise. And I'll tell you, honestly, we saw it this week, you guys. We saw it up close this week. Whenever we sent teams, over like 250, almost 300 people from this community, in this room went and served in people's houses to muck them and clean them and help restore them and save what could be saved. But this is what we discovered. Most of us who went to serve in these houses, we escaped damage. Some of us had a little survivor's guilt about escaping the damage that others did not escape. We didn't know what to do with that. So we went out and we mucked houses. And we would show up to these houses, mucking houses, for people that lost everything. And it's not the people who lost everything who were struggling the worst, It's those of us who didn't lose anything that were struggling and hurting worse than those who lost everything. Here's what would happen almost without fail. We would show up basically in tears looking at the destruction and going, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And the people who were in the house where they lost everything would be pretty okay with it like they're like it's okay you know we're alive i'm okay my kids are okay you guys are okay y'all are here y'all want something to eat you want some coffee like you know like people have been bringing food let's party people that lost everything learned something that the rest of us didn't because losing everything though it seems like total darkness can be like a light coming on like a lesson we never learned But it's something we've known deep down all along. That stuff, it's just stuff. So those of us who didn't lose anything... We have all our stuff, and so we still value our stuff. We haven't been freed from our addiction to stuff. We would show up at these houses where they lost everything, and we would say, I'm so sorry about your stuff. And they have already learned the lesson of Jesus. Blessed are you when you lose your stuff. And so they're like, hey, it's just stuff. And we're like, no, this is your stuff. Why aren't you worried about your stuff? And they're like, it's just stuff. We're fine. You know, it was those of us who didn't lose anything. We haven't learned the lesson yet because we were not blessed by this tragedy. I don't believe God sent the storm, but I believe with every bit of who I am that God is bigger than the storm. That God is bigger than the storm. That this storm, God can turn around and use to be a blessing. To set us free from things that bound us. To free us from some addictions to stuff and materialistic things. 2005, it was Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans and there was this uh, pastor in San Antonio who went on the air after New Orleans was destroyed by Katrina. And he said it was because New Orleans is such a sinful town. You got voodoo and all this sinfulness and immorality in New Orleans. And so God sent that storm as a reckoning in New Orleans. Ten years later, there was another storm out in the Caribbean, uh, the Bahamas and Cuba and eventually the southeastern United States, Hurricane Joaquin. Killed like 37, 38 people. After that, there was this Christian lobbyist who's, he's everywhere on news uh, networks and things. and, And he said this was God's punishment for abortion laws and other kinds of immorality in our country. After every storm, there's somebody saying it's because of somebody's sins and this storm is no different. But it's interesting what happens over time. That kind of logic doesn't line up, doesn't add up. Because that same Christian lobbyist, who's always talking about what it means to be a Christian American and things like that, the next year, uh, last year, in Baton Rouge, where his family lives, he and his family had to escape by a canoe. They they lost everything, and so all these atheist bloggers were like, "Hey, you said storm, God sends storms to punish people that suffer in the storms, and so what have you done? Well, tell us your sins." That kind of stuff. Um, Which was sort of tongue-in-cheek, but it just goes to show that this logic doesn't line up. That other pastor, the one that talked about Katrina, he's been in San Antonio his whole life. I mean, you want to talk about a curse. Like being (laughs) 67 years in San Antonio. I mean, I like to visit. I'd rather be flooded in Houston. So we can't get so willy-nilly with these proclamations of blessings and curses. And frankly, I just don't believe that our God is in the cursing business. I don't believe he's in the punishment business. I don't believe he's in the condemnation business. The Bible I read says Jesus took the curse. The Bible I read says Jesus ended the curse. That's what he meant when he said, it is finished from the cross. That stuff, it's over. It's in the past. We need to change our thinking about God. I believe God is in the restoration business. On, uh, I guess it was Wednesday night, uh, I got this email from this woman who lost everything. She and her husband uh, and their daughter lost their house, 18 inches of water in their house. And they had to be rescued by a uh, boat. And uh, just this horrific Stuff happened and and she goes to this congregation. She's here right now and I'm not going to point her out um, or or out her. I just want to share a little bit of what she said in her email. I wrote it down here. After the team from the story left their house and, and helped them. She said, we were brought to tears to see so many young people show up to our house and work at our house. It was unbelievable. I am without words of gratitude. I will never forget their precious faces. My cup runneth over, she said. With a house full of water, with mold on its way, with inevitable lengthy conversations with insurance adjusters still to come. She said, my cup runneth over. Her cup runneth over. The same night I got an email from someone who spent the whole day mucking houses. And mucking houses is disgusting. I had no idea uh, that you had to do that. And uh, it's, it's just gross and awful. And it's sad stacking memories on street corners. This guy, after mucking houses all day, he said, I have never felt better in my life. And my first thought was, what kind of life has this guy had? (laughs) (laughs) You've never felt better. But I get it. Because we know we were created for times like this. We know we were made to come together. Even when times are at their darkest, we know we were created to be a source of light. And so there's something truly good and human about moments like these that cannot be described with our old way of thinking about blessings and curses. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can inspire a woman standing in a house full of water to say, my cup runneth over. Only Jesus can inspire a man with splinters and blisters all over his hands. A man who smells like old city water because he's been waiting in it all day to say, I have never felt better than this. Only Jesus can do that. So will this storm change us? I hope it will. I hope this storm will change us. And not just this week. But I hope we will see that no matter how bad it gets, we can trust that Jesus, as he says, has overcome the world and all of our worries, all of our concerns, all of our fears about losing our stuff, we can rest. We can rest in him.